جايك يا امي بهالمساحه من الخبر قالوا لي دورك في الشهاده ما حضر اصبر علينا اصبر علينا وانتظر I walk past houses where other fighters are stationed. All these guys my age are standing up to the incubation. I'm not going to be different. I track down a group of friends who are resisting in one of the houses close to the city center. Shai Munir is amongst them. Being surrounded by friends and comrades, I don't feel scared anymore. The Israelis have cut off the mobile phone network, so there is no way to connect my parents or Sana, my love. I pray to God she's safe. A comrade brings bag of, home, of homemade bombs. You have to hold the lighter in one hand and the bomb in the other hand. Then you light the fuse and you throw it out of the window before it detonates in your face. I get things mixed up. I throw the lighter out instead of the bomb. Munir and the other guys, yeah, where we are? I get things mixed, mixed up. I throw the light out of the window instead of the bomb. Munir and the other guys are not impressed. I bet even the Israeli sniper must be thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? So to compensate, I lean away out of the window, trying to throw the bomb as far as I can, when all of the sudden, it feels like a massive beast thing. Everyone starts shouting, Tubas is shot, Tubas is shot. The guys carry me to the far end of the room. Munir starts cutting up my shirt with a scissor. Man, I have been shot in the arm, not in the chest. The, gun, the guys bandage me up and they go back to fighting. I see Munir leaning out of the window, shooting his gun into a distance. I don't know why, but I remember our days as a kids, kicking the ball around. I think this experience is finally going to make Munir losing his shyness. I'm smiling. I wish he could turn around to see me smiling. Then, a burst of blood as the back of Munir's skull flies off like a champagne cork. He's been hit by a sniper. Munir falls to the floor with a thud. I run to him. I try to push back his brain into his head. Just like that. He's gone. Shai Munir is dead. I can't believe it. I pick him up in my arms. Blood is dripping from his head onto my shoes. I carry him into the bedroom and I lay him down. As I recite the Fatiha prayer, the whole house starts shaking. 
We have to get out of here. One of the guys is shouting. I want to say goodbye probably to Munir, but there is no time. We run out of the house. I see Apache is circling above us. It has bombed the house next door. We all decided to disband. Each guy hits in different direction. I'm running when I'm suddenly face to face with this monster. It's a giant armored bulldozer. It goes past me and heads towards the house. It reduces it to rubble. The bulldozer goes to the next house and then the next house. All these houses are bookmarked with bullets or reduced to the rubble. You can smell this everywhere. The air has turned yellow. Through the haze, I spot Tuchi Sami in the distance. For the briefest second, I can see fear on his face. The view is blocked with people running when they clear Sami is gone. No, no place is safe. I keep moving from house to house. As I run, I spot the stone theater. A rocket has brought half of it down. This breaks my heart even more. In the final house I stay in, there are so many of us. Men, women, children, lots of children. We realize we, can't, we can no longer hide. We make white flags and we, and we go out waving them. The soldiers descend on me. What's your name? What's your name? Ahmad Tubasi. I'm blindfolded, handcuffed, and bundled to a truck. A soldier hits me with the butt of M16. Shit. I must be bleeding. We drive for a good 20 minutes. The soldiers drags me, uh, drags me down from the truck. I fall on the sandy ground. I can feel the sun on my face. I lose a track of time. When I try to fall asleep, a soldier come, a soldier hits me. I straighten. I'm dying of thirst. Three or four days pass in this way. I need a toilet, motherfuckers! Then I hear, Ahmad, is that you? Touchy Sammy. They must arrested him also. Sammy! Ah! Shut up. No talking. No talking. I'm taken indoors and sat on a chair. The blindfolded and, hand, uh, and handcuffs are taken off. I'm in front of a young, curly-haired officer typing in his computer. Would you like some water? Uh, yes, please. He hands me a plastic cup of water. I took it one time. Curly asks for my name. I gave it. Ahmato Pasibum. Terrorist. Fuck. How does he know? I didn't realize they kept such detailed files. Curly makes a call and three heavy set officers enter the room and they all surrounded me. We want to know uh, the name of your boss in the, in the resistance. Who is he? Shit. 
he's after Mahdi, but I cannot give up his name. Uh, hmm. I really don't know what you are talking about. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Is that how you want to play it? Okay. Then the curly picks up the phone and makes a call. Hey, Yogi, how are you doing? Good, good. Listen, you know that to pass your house in Jenin, I want you to send a bulldozer over there and raise it to the ground. Oh, Yogi, hmm. don't forget to bring the mother and the daughters. Me and the other guys, we want to have some fun. Oh, oh no, 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 please. Please, please, don't, don't do that. Okay, hold on, Yori. So, you will give us the name of your boss in the resistance or not? Oh, shit. If I give him, if I give up Mahdi name, I will be a traitor. And maybe the guys will, will kill me. If I stay silent, they will destroy my house and they will bring my mothers and my sisters. Oh, God. What do I do? But then, I hear Juliano's voice in my head. Have courage, Ahmad. Have courage. This takes my nerves down. I stay silent. I stop here. Thank you, uh, Ahmad, for taking us to the stage in uh, Jenin. Uh, Humor is deadly serious. I think you conveyed that beautifully here, and we can't wait to hear the follow-up when you uh, next perform on the Prio stage. It is actually great to have an artist on the Prio stage. We don't all that often have that. We're really happy to, uh, to bring you, to bring people from the artistic community as well as from the academic community, and quite a few people who I think straddle the boundaries between, uh, between the two. My name is Christian Berghardt-Piken. I'm a researcher here at uh, PRIO, and I lead the PRIO Middle East Center. And this event today is a collaboration between the Center for Culture and Conflict, co-directed by Cindy Horst, who is sitting there, and Øystein uh, Rolandsen, who I don't think is in the room, um, and the Middle East Center, which I uh, lead. And it's really a great pleasure to have uh, Ahmad Tubasi here. Ahmed is uh, an actor, a director, and uh, an educator who has uh, a long experience working in uh, both Palestinian and international theaters. He's born in the Jenin refugee camp in Palestine, and he joined the armed resistance uh, during the invasion of the camp in 2002, and he became a political prisoner already at the age of uh, 17. After three years in prison, he was released and he dived into culture as a form, an alternative form, I guess, of uh, resistance. He's educated at the Freedom Theater. He took further education in uh, Norway and he spent another three years as a professional artist uh, abroad before returning to uh, Jenin and Palestine. And he, he has since uh, 2020 been the artistic director of the Freedom Theater. He's joined by Prio's own Sarah Christofferson. Sarah is a uh, researcher and a coordinator for Prio's Center on Culture and Violent Conflict, already been mentioned. 
she is uh, not only a researcher, she's also an independent dancer and a choreographer, taking part in and leading a number of collaborative projects, both in uh, Palestine, Lebanon, Jordan, and Ethiopia. Um, she was uh, awarded with her colleague Helle Siljeholm the Hans Christian Ostre Memorial Award for their distinctive work in Palestine and uh, the Middle East, and her 2021 master dissertation, which she wrote at PRIO, with the title Embodied Possibilities, a study of dance as an artistic everyday practice in Palestine, was awarded the prize for the most innovative dissertation in human geography that year. And I am the amateur in the crowd, so I'm going to largely stay silent, but I do want to hear uh, what these two guys have to discuss on the basis of the beautiful appetizer, the moving appetizer, I should say, the very serious, although humoristic, appetizer that Ahmed started out with, and on the basis of the work that you are performing in the Janine, and on the basis of the work that you are both performing as thinkers and artists. Thank you very much, Christian, for that very long and nice introduction. Uh, and thank you to Basi for also a really great introduction to this uh, afternoon. Um, and I think, you know, the the piece you just, you performed a little expert uh, and it's a monologue. It, it's based on your own lived experience. It's based on your own story. And uh, you, you grew up in Janine refugee camp, right? And you're currently now directing the Freedom Theatre in Janine. And a little bit of what you he heard here is weaving together fragments of this, of this story and of how the Freedom Theatre came to be. Um, and I thought maybe we could just start where, in a sense, you're finishing. You finished your your monologue because, uh, like Christian also said, you were you were caught. You were a political prisoner for four years, and then you were released from prison and. Um, that's when you started working with theatre. And I was wondering if you could tell uh, us a little bit about how you transitioned into theatre and and how that happened. Because I don't know, so for many of you, some of you might know Tobas has actually been in Oslo for a whole week. And he's been doing several events. And maybe some of you also saw the performance that he's staged uh, at Vega Sena uh, this weekend. And there, there was this for me, very moving moment where you you talked about, when you came out, you talked about this immense darkness and then how you navigated through that. Uh, I hope, as I said, in August, that will be possibility to come back and do the show, the monodrama that I already did, inshallah. So please follow up to see the whole play. But I will tell the story how everything turned out after the invasion in 2002. And you know, for me in that time, I was the 17, not even 17, but I didn't know or understand what mean war. Uh, and when we hear that the Israel is coming and they're gonna invade the whole, the whole West Bank and one of them uh, for sure the Jenin camp, for me, I was having this naive thinking of, you know, the Israelis will come they will shoot at us, we shoot at them, and next day, hey, we win, and that's, that's the war. 
But no, when, uh, it's much more than this. And for me, I really, I lived war and I wish no other person or other country or other human being facing. Because war is not just destroying the buildings. It's not about buildings. When the Israeli interrogator asked my friend, are you sad we destroyed the camp? My friend said, no, the houses we will build again. But the interrogator told him, no, 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 I'm not talking about the houses. I'm talking about the small things inside the house. The memories that you have inside the house, it's gone. So yes, it hurts, it's gone. Many memories is gone. So after that, they arrest me and took me to the prison. And like, I really, I was in shock from what I saw because I didn't expect this. This is not fair. Like I thought the war is much more fair between two sides. But the whole story when I arrived then and because I'm coming from an artistic or cultural background, so I see in the prison, men are depressed, uh, feeling down. There is no hope, uh, uh, waiting anything to happen. And then I said, oh, come on, Tobasi, what you can do to help these men? So I start to do small sketches inside the prison, like choose um, a famous character or a famous series, and then if there is somebody leaving the, the prison, we make party, bring some plastic buckets, make a drum, make songs, so I'll cheer them up. So one, one of these nights, I became really like busy in the prison. Everyone they try in the day, till, like, I'm, I'm going home this day, can you make party? Yeah, okay, I will think about it. So in that night, we, we, had, a, we had a party and I'm making a sketch, and one guy, he had a smuggled phone, small phone, and he filmed the sketch. Next day visit, he gives the SIM card for his fiancé. And his fiancé is from Gaza. And we are from West Bank. So uh, she go to Gaza. And that time, the technology was CDs. So they made a CD in Gaza. And they want to sneak it in again to the prison. And from prison, we send it to the West Bank. So people can see that we are OK in the prison. We're having party, family seeing us. So uh, in the way inside the prison, the soldiers catch the CD and they brought it to the warden of the prison. And the warden put the CD on the DVD. And like, is this in my prison? And the soldier, yes. So he went nuts. In the middle of the night, thousands of soldiers, army, came to the factions, started to take us out. It was very uh, strange, the first time ever happened. And everybody was asking, what is going on? There is something wrong. So I was sitting in the wire mesh, and the guy who mediated between the Palestinians and the Israelis, he came and he says, they are looking for the one who making the sketches. I'm like, what? Luckily, you know, in that time, the phones was already, you know, the videos a granny. I had some costume, uh, mustache, myself, so it's not easy to recognize me. But it's like, sorry, fuck, all this drama and action because of the little sketch. Wow! If I go out of the prison, I want to become a professional actor. I want to do this again. It's victory. And I saw, like, I lost my own friends in the invasion. I lost many people, and we didn't affect them in this way. 
And then I decide, okay, there's a new language in this world. I want to do theater. So yes, it's it's um, it's sometimes uh, your own experience gives you a gift. Sometimes you think life is finished, uh, uh, chances is finished, and then in the middle of all this darkness, again comes a chance that makes you come on. You can use what you have, and for sure that's uh, when I went out. I, I, you know, many people come to say hi. Still, uh, uh, it was a hard time in 2005, six. Still invasions, and many friends who know me who came. They came to me, Tobasi, your gun is waiting you. And I said, it's not because I want. Or don't. Everything in me says, no, no, I don't want guns anymore. I don't believe in guns anymore. What I believe, I want to do theater. It was so clear to me. I want to do theater. So yes, from there, you know, but also it's not easy for the in the camp. The people they know you like you do this and how you shift now to do that. But I believed it. I believed it that much that I was ready to fight everything to continue doing what I'm what I'm doing. So yes, uh, uh, from there that I decided to be an actor and we created the first ever a group and a school in Jenin and we started to do the theater school as a professionally. And then you actually completed your professional training here in Oslo at the Nordic Black Theater. Yes, exactly, because, you know, after the prison, it's, um, it's still difficult because you are a political prisoner. It's not easy to work anywhere in that time. It's not easy. People can receive you in their places. And imagine a uh, 24 years old man or boy, no work, no future, no money. You cannot help your family. You cannot help yourself. Even your family start to get affected from you, you, your political uh, beliefs. My sisters could not have it easy in the universities. They, do, they couldn't get help uh, in their studies. And, you know, my father is a normal worker. So I saw uh, that I need to find uh, another chance. I need to look. So... They worked hard in Belgium to get me out for a festival. And then when I went out of this box, small box called Palestine, I'm like, what? Is this the world like that? All Palestinians live this life. Come on, guys. It's not fair at all, for sure. And, you know, you, are, you arrive to Europe and you find people busy with their boyfriend, girlfriend. The team lost 1-0. The electricity, the internet. I'm like, oba. There is a mission to do. These people are not aware anymore. And exactly like I have this boy that I was guessing, he tried to guess where I'm from. And he said, Pakistan, Palestine, like, it's not a joke. People are still mixing between Pakistan, Palestine. I thought it's a joke, but no, some people are mixing still. And I was like, okay, there is a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do uh, on culture, on knowledge, on making people uh, 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 involved in this in this story, and then yes, from uh, when I arrive, I see the theater, the the scenes, the the culture. Uh, I decide like, okay, I cannot just come back to Palestine and be prisoner again. I have to be advanced. I have to to find something that makes me. The point is not to die. The point is to stay alive as as long as you can, and you share your your story wherever you can. So that's. Uh, decide to come to Norway, which was in that time the easiest case for the Palestinian uh, in that time, not anymore, I'm sure. 
but I find out many Moroccan, Libyan, Egyptian, uh, Jordanian, they already applied as the Palestinians and they took uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the passport or they, they took the asylum because of Palestine. And then when Palestinian comes, they said no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, we were speaking a bit earlier today as well, and you had actually made up your mind to uh, to be stay in Norway. Yeah. So you you actually got a Norwegian passport and your future was here. And then at some point, you actually made the decision to go back to Janine and uh, work with the Freedom Theatre. And I think, you know, you had you had the possibility of quite a comfortable life here, you know, working as an actor or maybe something else, I don't know. And then you made this choice to go back. And I'm wondering, maybe you don't have to answer why, but could you maybe tell us a little bit just about this process? Because I think it's also important just to stress that, you know, you're still looked upon as, as a political prisoner back in Palestine. So, and also we discussed a little bit, it's, it's not only the Israeli occupation, you know, it's also, you know, you're facing challenges from almost every aspect of the society you're living with. So both the national authorities, but also the local community, uh, the religious community. And then you make this choice to go back and work in the camp. I think it's, uh, we arrived to the point like also with the work of the Freedom Theater, the responsibility of the artist. I think we, or the artist in general, they can be uh, um, something useful for the community and the country, or they can help dictatorship and make things more complicated. So the first thing dictatorships do is to control the artists and the cultural people, intellectual people. Uh, and that's very dangerous because your art can, can, can make people lose uh, uh, the, the, the view or the, 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 the reality, or you can help uh, the people to get to understand more about what is going on. And we as a Palestinian, we never had the problem to talk about our issues, even inside or outside, because to fix the issues, you need to acknowledge them. You need, you need to, 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 to talk about it, to, to, to fix it. So yes, it's not easy to be an artist in Palestine, that's very sure, because you have different kind of levels of incubation. It's not just the Israeli incubation. Uh, and yes, I, I was here in Norway. I did some theater, good payment, and people clapped to you and like, okay, what? I, it's, it's okay, it's a good job, but what? And I got invitation while living here from the Freedom Theater to go and direct a play for children. And for sure, it was something different. 2,500 child saw the play. They go out of the theater singing the songs of the play. They start to come to ask, when is the play? When is the theater? And you do a play, you feel like you did something, your energy, your feeling. It's something totally different. And it's like, okay, that's, that's what I want to do. So they, when, when for sure, when they, 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 the people, the team in the Freedom Theater saw me doing all that with this energy. And you know, for sure, I miss it at, uh, at the same time. I lived in Norway, and you know, in the winter, you have a long time to, to find out what is going on next year. So uh, the people told me to Bansi, we need your energy. We are tired here. It's the everyday life, difficult, and we're drowning in the situation. We are drowning of this dark, uh, what is going on. So you are from out, 
And I told myself, Tabasi, come on. You had a break. Six years, seven years is enough. You have been in Norway, in Oslo. You have been partying every night. Uh, so come on. There is responsibility. You have to give back something. And yes, uh, I, uh, when I was here three months, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't forget the camp, the people, the children, the Freedom Theater. So I said, okay, I pick up my bags. For sure, I didn't do the, we call it the tax, uh, how we call it, the over, oh, yeah? Yes, I didn't do it. I forget it. And I spent two years in Jenin. They're making more money on me. <laughs> and I have to work two years in, 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 in Palestine to pay the tax in Norway. <laughs> it's like, guys, okay. But yeah, so I decided to go back and I start to work there. And yes, they need, for sure, they need uh, uh, somebody from outside, energy, different people that they can give them hope of what they're doing. Because when you are there, you don't realize how difficult it is and how the situation affecting you. It's, there is conservative people who don't believe in theater. There is a political situation which is very difficult. The army invading every night. At the same time, we don't have that much support from the PA, like even the culture minister. They don't have money to support the theaters, the artists inside Palestine. They get some help, they try to help, but they cannot help everyone. They cannot give uh, projects for everyone. So uh, it's not easy for an artist or a theater to exist there. But for me, it was like, I want to spend my time doing something. When I get old at least or die, I feel I did something good, not just uh, being artist and live my emotion. I don't know what to talk or think about, about the world. So yeah, I, in the first six months, I was waking up in the middle of the night, every night. Don't believe where am I? And you know, it's difficult because uh, 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 some people think I am dangerous or the theater dangerous on, on the Palestinian culture or, in the, or in, the, in the religion because they think they, some people still believe theater is an West idea and the West uh, promoted to the East to, to destroy their culture and their religion. So, uh, but after that, you know, also Giuliano, the, uh, the, the, the main artistic director, it's being killed in front of the theater, shoot eight bullets in the area of the heart and just because you're doing theater. Yes, theater, art can kill you, not just war. If you do it for a purpose, if you do it for a reason, if you know why you're doing it, it could kill you. So we lost the main artistic director and then the other uh, uh, artistic director had, had, had uh, a lot of problems because of the other people who uh, in, in Jenin or in the camp, because he's not from Jenin, so they were pushing him, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. And then he had to leave. And then, okay, I am from Jenin camp. Nobody can tell me go away from here. So I decided to stay there. Now it's even much, much more difficult with all of what is going on. But yeah, it's also a responsibility. Do you want to just specify when you say all of what is going on? Do you want to just give us some examples of what is happening in Jenin at the moment? Jenin, yeah, the last, uh, I mean, this uh, last year and now this year, like is now is almost, I'm not sure, four, uh, 84 persons in these three months get killed. And yes, uh, at least uh, 20 of them are children or youth. Uh, the attacks is every day. Last week, uh, another seven. Uh, a week before another 10, 
uh, even like we are in the middle or in the middle of the area of the Janine camp where the Freedom Theater, many members been arrested. Uh, last last one of our uh, small children or young children also get killed. He was just going back from the school and the Israeli was invading and they shot him uh, as a young boy and he was from the theater. And for me, yes, it's crazy because I spend a lot of time working with kids, teaching them, and any invasion from the Israeli army makes it like you did nothing uh, uh, for, for all this time. So yes, it's, it's all the time shooting. My, my fear is the gun, gun culture has become our culture in the camp. Everyone has a gun, everyone, uh, maybe he will take a loan, not to buy a house or a car, they will take a loan to buy a gun. So the Israelis knows the, uh, uh, the importance of these camps because it's a lot of young people who always having a warm blood and they're always uh, leading the, the, the reaction against the occupation. So they fill it with drugs and, and guns. And you are, if there is, there is no intifada, these guns will turn against us, against ourselves. And I'm really worried about this culture to see children dreaming just to be a martyr, children dreaming just to have a gun. Children have no more the culture of children. They don't think as children. And for me, this is a very dangerous mental health issue for a child thinking like a, a, a fighter or a martyr and he do not think as a children. He would, they want to play. And, and that's what we can do in the Freedom Theater is just to create this space where children can be children and react and play and make wrongs as a children. So yes, it is, it is uh, not easy when you see one of your students get killed. He did nothing. One of your friends get killed. One of your team uh, get uh, uh, arrested. And, and for sure, to mention, for some of you, we create this project called uh, uh, Revolution Promise. And I didn't tell yesterday people why it's a revolution promise. Because when Giuliano get killed, the artist promised Giuliano to continue the work. So after that, we create this kind of text and website. You can check it on the website, the revolution promise. It talks about the Palestinian artists who face all these problems, struggles, problems, uh, uh, just because they are arts a filmmaker or a circus or a cartoon drawer or an actor or a director. And yeah, uh, 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 then because also we want to tell the Palestinian themselves, because also the Palestinian community, some of the Palestinian community do not believe in us as artists. We are part of the community. We are living another world like we are artists. And we tell them by this project, no. Artist is part of the Palestinian community. They face the same, the same whatever other Palestinian face. They go to prison, they got shot, they, they pay money for, for the, the courts. And yes, it's again for me how to unite because we are not united even as a Palestinians. All what is going on, 80 years of occupation, and still, sadly, we are not together anymore in the way we should be. And then that makes you more weak, for sure. And so in this situation, I think, I think you know, you say it feels like you're drowning. I think that's a very good way of describing it. So how do you then keep on working? What is it that, you know, how, how do you manage to do this in this situation? And I think you also mentioned 
I thought it was quite beautiful. You said, you know, you need to take breaks to also to take care of yourself. Yeah. So, so coming to Oslo is a way of getting a little bit of a break, and then you can go back with with renewed energy. Yeah, yeah. That's really it's uh, that's what I don't mind to go for work as crazy, whatever, just to leave a bit. Just you know, you need each three, four months, whatever. You need a break. Everything uh, there makes you to close, makes you to give up, makes you. Yes, again, drowning in this crazy situation, it's a lot to be alert about. Everything makes you, like, you know, invasions, people, kids, noise, guns, shooting. Like in, in Jenin, they're shooting if Barcelona win. They're shooting if Real Madrid lose. They, they're shooting if there is wedding. They're shooting if they are happy. They're shooting if they are angry. They're shooting if he have nothing to do. They're shooting if he cleaned the gun. It's like, you don't know what is going on. Who's shooting at what? 24 hours, you keep a lot, like, what is going on? Uh, plus, the drone of the Israelis, 24 hours, a drone, uh, uh, and like, okay, you're waiting, something is going to happen for sure. When the drone comes, that means there is an invasion. When? You don't know. Now we have alarm in the camp. When the Israeli army, they put the alarm. Wee, wee. The mosques, the, the cars, the, it's, it's chaos. It's chaos, and yeah, it, it, that's the situation. How you can be normal? How you realize where you're going? So which 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 kind of, of the thing of the side you need to fight or resist is like everything is against you as a theater. Everything wants you to close. But that's also what yeah. When you remember this, it's like no, that's the point. Everything don't want you here. With invasions, martyrs, shooting, whatever. It's also a theater. Yes, and you know, as I said yesterday, we work with the 48 people from Palestine, you know, the historic Palestine. We don't call Israel, so they don't uh, feel we admit even they are existing. So uh, when they go back to the checkpoint, for sure the soldiers will check the IDs at like where you have been. And my friend told me like, I told them like I was in Jenin, like where in Jenin? In the Freedom Theater. The soldier, she, she was in shock. Like, what? In Jenin, there's a theater? Motherfathers, yes. We have theaters. We are normal. <laughs> we do everything. I even have an uh, iPhone. <laughs> like, so, yes, that's, that's the way they look at you. They, they, they're surprised. And that's the point. In the middle of Jenin refugee camp, there is something called the Freedom Theater. It's a space where anyone, any individual, any child want to be in different reality, want to be different. You are welcome to this space to start and be different. We wanted to open up for a, for a few questions. Yes, please. First of all, thank you so very much for this very, very, very interesting um, uh, presentation. And I'm struck by this. This is amazing. Uh, it's very touching. And the feelings that I'm sitting with inside my chest is... I guess I'm not alone when I say that it's um, something that you don't hear every day. Uh, and maybe that's what makes it so special. And then we're talking about realities, like you said. You were talking about the realities. How can things be normal? And then there's the question about what is normal? Um, I am, or we here are facing different, like, normal situations every day. As Norwegians, you are also a Norwegian because you are a Norwegian. 
in a way, I mean, you have a passport and all of these things. It's me, I'm Norwegian, but I'm disabled. And everybody's facing different normal lives in a way. Everything is normal for everybody. And then the question is basically, what, how would you say that the Freedom Theater is shaping the normalities, if we're allowed to put it that way, uh, of the children? Would you say that they are talking about like other uh, normal everyday lives than children or other youth that are not going to the theater? How, do, how does the theater help the mental health of the kids who are allowed and lucky enough to be there? Do they feel more safe? Is their reality very different from another kid who has another normal everyday life? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, يعني, you know, the Palestinian children, they, they use to feel responsibility to, to react at least or at first to the Israeli occupation. They are the first ones who will run to the street and start throwing stones. There is some scenes uh, from 2002 or 2003 of the Palestinian children climbing the tanks of the Israelis, taking off the machines, tanks. You can imagine how the Margava Shalosh, like the Margava 3, it's like two stairs tank. I mean, you will, scare, you will be scared from the sound. The Palestinian children climb these tanks and take off the machines on, on it. Uh, they will stand in front of the checkpoint and uh, start uh, throwing stones on the snipers where he's going to shoot them easily. Uh, uh, but tell, tell them, like, okay, what you dream? He will be so scared. What is your future? He will be freezed. Like these things he never thought about or learned to thought about. So for us, we will not make it so complicated. It's just the definition of playing. We bring them to the theater. We have like a, a year program, winter camp, uh, uh, production or workshops, and then summer camp, and then another workshops. And we, we, we try to teach them these tools. And most importantly, yeah, storytelling in the Freedom Theater. Uh, when they come at the first time, if any boy stand beside him, uh, a, a girl, they, 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 they will be so shy, they, they cannot, it's not normal. And even you work on this, like, no, it's normal, it's a girl. You can't stand beside a girl, you're still a boy. Uh, but yeah, through this kind of forms, storytelling, uh, expressions, theater games, we shape the personality to tell the story, to tell how you feel. To encourage them that if you cry, it's okay. It's good to cry sometimes. And for us, and you know, as a Palestinian tough, it's like, no, we don't cry. So even the men in Palestine, they don't used to, to talk, to tell their families how they feel. They, they keep it inside. And for sure, when you are angry, you put angry in the women, and the women put the anger on the children, and the children put the anger on, on each other. Because the soldiers will oppress the man in the checkpoint and he will be angry. But we didn't learn that it's okay, we can talk. And to, to, to establish this culture of the children, that you can help each other. We can be together. You can, if there's somebody weak and you're strong, it's your responsibility to help him. You cannot push him just to stand in the front. 
you know, in the, in, the, in the theater, we work on a very simple things like how to stand in a line without a fight. Because everyone wants to be in the, in, the, in the front. And like, why? If you are big and tough, you can push everyone and be in the front? No. To respect each other. To say no. If you don't feel good or you want to do anything and if you don't like, you don't need to destroy the, the, the theater. You can say, no, I don't want. It's a very simple stuff, but you know, we don't face it. In, like our teacher in the school, he have a stick. They're teaching us with the stick. So how is this children going to be having the free way of thinking, of expression, of, of, of reaction, while in the school they start with the stick? So it's reality difficult. Everything makes you tough, but not talking about your emotions. And for me, again, it's just to let the children be children. And that's the natural uh, 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 basic rights for children to be children. And for sure, then you choose some groups and you start to make theater from children to children. So children will see theater is normal. Ah, children doing theater, characters, stories, imagination, and very obvious, and I'm challenging any one of you, if you come to the camp or to the city, you will meet children, you will see the differences, and if you see differences, ask them, do you go to the Freedom Theater? And that's the answer. Thank you. We have another question back there. You're welcome to introduce yourselves if you want. Hi, I'm Sana. Um, and I'm a <coughs> PhD candidate at the University of Erfurt in Germany. Um, yeah, so I had a question about, uh, actually, uh, that is linked to what you said earlier about um, the fact that the dominant culture in the camps and in Palestine is the culture of war and guns, um, and not necessarily a cultural war uh, uh, to, to, to defeat uh, the ways of, like the dominant and hegemonic ways of thinking. So I was wondering, I was curious to know, um, from an intersectional point of view, um, if like the younger generations and younger women uh, especially, uh, are they also resistant to this kind of uh, um, resistance like through, through art and uh, artistic expression? Um, because one could understand that, you know, the older generations who actually witnessed and lived the Nakba in 48 and lived that and saw that as the only way of taking back their land. But today we are, as you said earlier, eight years uh, of occupation. So is there like a shift in thinking about other and new ways of resistance? And is this shift especially uh, expressed by younger and younger people and also women? Yes, I mean, we always, we always as a Palestinian looking for a new tools and new ways to, to, to resist. Um, but you know, it's really, I, I know that it's not easy to imagine reality there because all it takes to destroy 20 years of work, one invasion. And that's the problem. Like you work hard for years to establish a new form to, 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 to convince people of what you're doing and how effective it is, to convince people that we need more education, we, we need more awareness, uh, that will be, that's more effective than just typical uh, way of resistance. Uh, but yeah, uh, one invasion, it's enough 
to destroy years of work. You know, they come brutally, brutally. They, 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 they don't hurt just people. They hurt buildings, stones, the air, the dreams, the oxygen, the water, the memory, the identity. When they come, they're not coming to just arrest or kill. They come to delete you and they go. They come to disappoint you. They come to make you disabled to think, to dream, to see future. They come to really hurt you in, in a way. They come to rape you. So you know what I mean? It's not about, uh, and that makes our, um, our work more difficult because when you come to the people, you start to tell them about these things. They're like, okay, what theater can I do? Look. They destroyed the houses. They killed the 20, 20 person. What your theater did? What you did? How you saved us from this? And yes, makes you, again, questioning even me, questioning, shit, really what I'm doing is right or is really good? So it's even gonna make, put me in a doubt. Like I see, I, sh I have a videos in my window from the Freedom Theater. It's crazy, the jeeps standing there, the shooting, and like, they don't have like even a, an excuse, like this is theater, it's an artistic, cultural thing, we should be far away, or we not shoot at it, or, no. And then like, I stand there, I see people getting shots and all this invasion, and like, how am I gonna continue now with theater? My community will say, you see, that's your theater. What you did, nothing. So yes, it is, it is always for me, Palestinians from the first day of the occupation were always thinking how we're going to resist and always finding a new ways. But you know, the, 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 the rules of the occupation on the floor is very strong. And yes, uh, uh, it's not easy to keep, develop or, or, or find the ways because they do everything to make you react in the way they want. They don't want you to be independent and think about other things. They want to show you to the world. You see, that's the Palestinian. Angry, violence, shooting, booming themselves, killing us. And that's what, the, what all they do. So yes, it's not easy to control yourself from reactions. It takes a lot of energy to stay, you know. It's, yeah, so, uh, yeah. But for us from the second intifada and almost from 15 years now, most of the Palestinian theaters, cultural institutions aware of this, and we resist through dance, through theater, through cameras. And that's the foundations of the Freedom Theater. We believe third intifada should be artistic cultural intifada through theater, dance, that the, the art is international language. Everyone in the world could know you. The propaganda of the Israelis, they worked uh, long enough to change the a picture of Palestinian uh, fighter, like, you know, a big beard with a big belly, uh, four wives, 40 children, uh, bazooka behind him, balaclava, you know what I mean. So no, we tell them no, and this is the product of the Freedom Theater, it's in front of you. We do theater and through art, we will resist. And Giuliano again was saying, the stage is my AK-47. So we are not just doing theater, no, we resist through theater and art and culture. We have two more questions and I think we'll just take them both in a row and then 
hand it back to Sarah and to Ahmed Dubasi to answer. My name is Patrick and I work here at Prio. I'm doing my master's degree thesis here. And I actually have got two questions that popped up in my mind yesterday when you were doing the discussion in the Vega scene. And the first one is how do you find balance between what that's what you said yesterday, between like having the responsibility of an artist to present issues in a political way, but at the same time you said that you want to create like a safe space for children to play. So I'm like imagining like doing art in Palestine is very different from doing art like for example in Norway because you have this responsibility to get people involved much more than maybe artists feel here. So how do you find a balance between like wanting to be political, but at the same time, the need to entertain, the need to like present these issues in like relieving way so that people don't feel over overwhelmed because that's the reality that they are facing every day, right? And second question, if you don't mind, uh, that's um, you said that there is a lack of unity like between Palestinians. So there's like the issue of representation, like what issues do you choose to represent and in what way? And what's the consensus? Like who decides what you decide to represent and what the teams are actually? Thank you. We will take the uh, the last question as well, although I know we're overwhelming you with things that you can comment on. So uh, you'll have to cherry pick a little bit. You can't possibly address all of the issues. Here, please. Well, thank you so much to highlight the um, political situation in a way and the facts that happening these days and since the beginning of this year. Um, I know that the situation in Jenin is even worsened since 23 years, not the 15 years, I mean even longer. And the situation now is not better in Nablus or in Hawara or in Jerusalem or in Sheikh Jarrah. So um, I don't want to, to play artist. I'm not artist by myself. And uh, what, what I want you to, to highlight, like how can you approach the artists in Europe in general and in Norway in particular as you are part of this community anyway? And is there a plan that we can approach these artists to also be part of highlighting the situation. I'm not talking politically, it's uh, my part, as I am the ambassador of Palestine to Norway. But I mean, from your perspective as an artist, and to approach the international artists to highlight the situation on children, because the children as are the most factor that are suffering, not only from occupation, as you said, even from lack of everything. Now, uh, medicine, medication, schooling, uh, freedom of movement, and even freedom to play outside their own home. If you have something that we can use as a tool to approach the artists worldwide, we will appreciate that a lot. I visited your theater a long time ago. I was part of the funding when Anna lived. Oh. So I know how, how hard it was. And um, I had a bad comment on that because they, uh, they highlighted also a negative side that all the children who started in the theater became like um, unresistance, but they didn't say why after the occupation or the attacks on Jenin, the massacres in Jenin. 
Thank you. Thank you. And we'll simply hand it back to the panel so that we um, won't extend our welcome. Uh, maybe I start from here and then I remember the, the one before. No, it's... Um, uh, I mean, that's what we do here in Norway. When we come, we reach artists, people, theaters, we bring our text, they read it, they got more involved. And our work, actually, it's based on co co collaboration, cooperation between artists. We have different friends from all over the world who really support the Freedom Theater and even by emotion. Uh, they, they, sometimes they visit, sometimes they come, and yes, uh, 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 we always try to find a way to collaborate with others out of Palestine because the point is to, to take the story out and people get involved uh, in a very nice way with the Palestinian struggle. Can I just add on something? Yeah. Because I think one of the things you've been doing while you're here now is, is the performance that was performed at Vega. It's actually a call for action. So it's a call for, for, for artists to take solidaric actions and get involved. Uh, and there's actually this really beautiful website, yeah. which I encourage all of you to visit. It's called therevolutionspromise.org. And there you actually can get steps on how you can take action to support Palestinian artists. And in, in, in like, yeah, in, in the project itself, just, yeah, to do like art is not just to, to send money or to, to fight. It's like, as an artist, you do art, how you can also be uh, uh, in solidarity with the Palestinian artist. Uh, so yes, we always try to do to do this. It's not easy for sure. Uh, with uh, I mean, there is many issues to talk about in, in, in recording to this point. But yeah, uh, for me, it's also we fight the community itself about the children, not just the Israelis, because we have issues that we need to fix. We need to secure the individual freedom for 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 the children for the women, for the other uh, identities. So yeah, for us, that's why we work with children and we believe if you create a healthy children, then there is a community, there is a future where they can uh, uh, make some difference. But yeah, the main core of our work is children and it always will be to cancel anything, even with all this conditional fund, with all these difficulties that we face. Uh, so yes, uh, I'm not sure if I answered you very well, but yeah, we try to do whatever we can and we always welcoming any collaboration. If you have an idea, it's also please tell us that see we can, how we can apply it. But yeah, uh, we choose our subjects. It's from what is going on. At the same time, we also, as I said yesterday, this relationship between us and the community is love and war because Yes, we want to talk about the occupation, but also we want to talk about sexual identity. We want to talk about freedom of children, the culture of children, the rights of children, the rights of women. There is a lot of issues inside Palestinian community. Before we go to the, we know, Israeli occupation are our enemy, done. We have no problem with that. But come on, as a Palestinians, we have a lot of problems now. There is a big problem in Palestine about educational system. Teachers being demonstrated for one month at least now. And this is not the first year happened. It's a long story from, I don't know how many years. Like, okay, then we have incubation, we have all these difficulties. What about the children in the schools? They are not going to schools anymore. 
they are in the streets now. And all, all that is about the rights of teachers. We as a Palestinian uh, government, or uh, 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 we spend a lot of money yes, in security, uh, it's okay, it's good, but what about education? What about health? It's the most important two human rights, health and education. How we can think about education system and the teachers in this way? So yes, we, 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 we blame the occupation and we resist, but also we, we should also look at our issues as a Palestinians. It's very important. I cannot just like, oh, we, don't, we are, no, it's there. So, and yeah, for us, as I said, most important, individual freedom. I'm not saying I support or against or I'm with. I'm saying first, everyone is free to be whatever he wants to be. And then we go to bigger freedom. But yeah, we need to be one. We need to be good to each other. We need to, for, I mean, it's enough, as I said, it's enough division in the Palestinian identity. 48, West Bank, Gaza, Palestinian outside, Palestinian inside, Palestinian north, Palestinian south, Palestinian camp, Palestinian village. And it goes on and on and even inside the same place. You have this family, that family, and come on, we are, that's why we call it fragments of Palestine. In another project we did, it's fragments. How are we going to do any achievement if we not come together as an identity? Even mentally now, we are divided even mentally. Like the people in, P in, in, the, in the 48, they don't come anymore to the West Bank. More the old people or they have relatives or, you know, when they come to cheap Bryson, like when Norwegians go to Sweden. You know what I mean? It's, it's, there are serious issues in the Palestinian community, politically and socially, need to be put in the table and fixed and finished. And then, yes, we have a bigger thing to fight. Sarah, any final word from you? Uh, I think, you know... Um the work you're doing with the Freedom Theatre is, I think it's very much connected to what you said here at the end, because you're actually, you know, you're, you're, you're carving out this small space, uh, this small free space, this small safe space, where, you know, you're inviting children in, you're inviting anyone who wants also from Europe. <laughs> and then, you know, you're creating this space where people can actually be themselves and where people can express themselves. And you know, this, again, is actually creating these very small steps of change. Yes. Uh, I'm going to mention that we started the Feminist Theatre Festival last year, and this year going to be the second edition, and please talk about it, tell about it, because it's the, f the, the, the first feminist theatre in Palestine, even in Arab world, in the way of definition of just feminism. I've been accused as a man, like, ah, you are a man doing a feminist festival. Uh, pff, I don't care. I will do it anyway. <laughs> you can accuse me whatever you want. And yes, for sure, to fight for minorities, to fight for things you believe through theater, through art, it's not ashaming us. And please share the word of the Palestinians' struggle, support them, support their organizations. It's not about money to talk, to tell other person, to bring other person to other venues, other uh, events about Palestine, get people more engaged, and that's what we all need, to tell the story. So, yes, please, uh, uh, as we, yani, Norway in uh, Oslo, Aftala, 
they did good job to the Palestinians. They, you know, so at least, yani, we can pay back something to the Palestinians after we made them enough problems. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think we all, most of us here live in communities where we don't face the kind of problems that you face and we have uh, many things on offer that you don't have. But uh, one thing that people in Jenin obviously have is a theater yeah. that uh, many of you in fact could need in the communities yeah, we, where we are living. Say also, I think there is enough small issues in Norway that theater, art, culture can focus on and fix I think it looks simple, people don't talk about it because compared to the war, it's not about comparing things. I think this, this country is beautiful. This country, people come to have a, a second chance of their lives, like me, and I want this country to be safe and good. But also there is issues in the community, small, but we need to talk about them through theater, through art, and make more social, united Norwegian identity that can be more healthy in their mental, in their life, in their identity. And yes, I'm asking anyone also to collaborate with us, even to talk about that. And we'd love to have you back to give a seminar on that, because you, you see that with a different pair of eyes than those of us living here. So we could definitely need that. But uh, for now, thanks a lot. I think many of us hope to be able to see you perform in Janine. Uh, we hope to see you again perform on the Prio stage as well. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you very much to all of you in the audience. Thank you for your questions. Thanks you for spending time with us tonight.